Really? Oh, no, that's the wrong microphone. Alrighty. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's me, Daniel K, the host of the Daniel K's Let's Plays podcast. Let's not let the introduction get too long this time. It's going to be a Pokemon Blue episode. Woo! We're going to get back into playing Pokemon Blue. Yeah, I'm back in my shed. It is uh, a sunny day, but uh, not overpoweringly so here in. Uh, Comfortable Perth, Western Australia. It's 10.47am in the morning. And this uh, little Let's Play session I'm doing could be interrupted at any moment by some family stuff. I have the house all to myself at the moment, so I've moved out of it and I'm living in the shed and I'm recording an episode. But at any moment, some family people might come by. Hi, Dan, we need your help. Can you do this? Can you do that? Yada, yada, yada. Stop doing this dumb podcast thing you do. And I'll have to say, okay, I guess so. And then I'll have to stop doing the Let's Play. So stay tuned for that to happen at any time at all. But uh, in the meantime, let's optimistically soldier on. Let's optimistically switch on the... uh, on switch on our little optimistic Game Boy Color here we have in our in our hot little hands. And we're gonna what are we gonna do? We cleared out the psychic gym, which is in such and such city last time. I forget what it is. Cerulean, not lavender, uh player Daniel badges. Six six badges. We're climbing that badge ladder. How many badges are there? Are there eight? I think there's eight badges, right? There's one on Cinnabar, which is a fire gym. And then there's the vacant gym uh, in the in the town just north of our hometown. So that's the two badges left, I think. All right, Pokedex 30. Time played 38 hours 34 minutes. Oh, we're we're right in front of uh, Psychic Lady. Yeah, what town are we in? Town map. You Saffron City. Yeah, we just beat the Psychic Gym. We just beat Psychic Lady. Sabrina the Psychic Lady. Oh God, I've got to navigate this goddamn maze. Cut to when I'm out of this place. Oh, here we are. Oop, 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 oop. There's the last one. Here we are. Here's the exit. Yeah, we just beat Sabrina, uh, and now, you know what I really need to do? I need to explore this whole Saffron City place. Make sure there's nothing I'm missing out. No interesting houses or people to speak to who are going to give me TMs or Pokemon or anything like that. So what I'll do is I'll do that, and then hey, here's the edited highlights of me exploring this city. All right, listeners. That's it. I've explored the whole town, no edited highlights, it's a pretty boring place. With the exception of one house where a little girl called the Copycat lives. And that's a fucking crazy madhouse! Like, her her parents don't like her, they complain about her only having one or two friends. You go up to her room, she's got dolls of Pokemon everywhere. Which look real, and then you talk to her, and it's, it's, it's as if you're... I don't know, the dialogue is, is mad. But it's like, I think it's the only place in this game where my own dialogue shows up, where it says, like, Daniel says, da 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 and then the game speaks for me. I'm like a mute protagonist. I'm like a real Jack from Jack and Dexter 1 kind of guy, walking around, not saying anyone. The game just acts like I'm talking to people with a voice, except for in that place where my voice actually exists, the one place. And then in the middle of her room, there's a game console, a NES, and it says, oh, it's a game about Mario having a bucket on his head. And you go, what? Obviously, some weirdo wrote that room, that that building in this city. So, what next, listeners? I think it's time that we go to the, to uh, Cinnabar Island, that we surf to Cinnabar Island. So, um, oh shit, you know what time it is? It's actually time. Oh no, this will work out fine. We'll use our Pokemon. 
Uh, we'll use Mr. Tolly to fly to Pallet Town, the little starting town. Uh, I had just remembered, listeners, that I need to rest my Pokemon because they're a bit knocked about. But I've flown to Pallet Town right in front of my mum's house. So let's speak to mum, and she's going to let us rest in our old bed, which is nice of her. Mum says, Daniel, you should take a quick rest. Ding, 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 ding. Mum, oh, good. You and your Pokemon are looking great. Take care now. Okay, so this is the way to this is the way to Cinnabar Island. Is we're in the starting town, and we go down, and there's a river which sticks like a finger up into the town. Uh, and we're gonna use Pokemon Daniel K to surf out into the river. Daniel got on Daniel K. <laughs> what an interesting sentence. Okay, so we surf down. And just out of town here, there's some long grass. So this is a new Pokemon area. Let's see. Oh, I accidentally tried to get on the bicycle on Daniel Kane. Let's use the town map. Sea Route 21. So I haven't caught a Pokemon in Sea Route 21. So I'm kind of... I've no idea what kind of Pokemon li will live in this weird, like, long grass in a sea route. I wonder if it'll be like Poliwhirls and stuff. Like, sort of sea-adjacent land Pokemon. Maybe, uh... Slowpokes. I'm probably being a little bit uh, optimistic. <laughs> but I could fish in the sea route. But I think I'm going to try my luck in the grass. We're going to see. I've stepped off. We're on sea route 21. This is a new route. Uh, who's in first position? Let's put... Well, Johnny Five is in first position. Let's put Daniel K in first position. Switch Daniel K. Out for Johnny Five. Alright. And let's step into the long grass and see what there is. Da -da 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 -da. Did a little, uh, here's the Pokemon, what's it gonna be? Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Alright, I'm looking at a Pidgey. Let's kill the Pidgey. Done. Enemy Pidgey fainted. Alright, what else could we have done? Ah, oh, shit, I don't even want to know. Let's get in the water. Pokemon. Daniel K, Surf. That's a real... God, that shits me. Alright, so we're in the sea route. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to switch Keith and Andy, level 35, out to front position. He needs some leveling. He's behind even Daniel K, the new Cedra. So Keith and Andy is level 35. Then we've got Sarah, who's 46. Mr. Tolly, who's 41. Daniel K, who's 36. Constantine, who's 44. And Johnny Five, who's 44. So now we've got Keith and Andy in first position. Let's, uh... Oh! Oh! A random encounter in the water! Ah, oh, it's a tentacle. A wild tentacle appeared. So this is a poisonous Pokemon. Shit, it's only level 5. I guess, Keith and Andy, you're actually not going to be getting... Let's just cut it to death. Keith and Andy, cut it to death. Yep. Level 5, wow. 75 experience. Are they going to go up in level? I'm, I'm surfing down south in the sea route. Dun, 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 dun. It's a really wide bit of ocean here. Oh, there's a, a pier with what? Some fishermen on? Let's step in front of the, the fishermen. There's like a random pier in the middle of the sea. Like it's not connected to anything. It's just a bit of wood. And then there's two guys, I guess, fishing. So let's... Oh, they don't have a line of sight on me. I can swim in front of them. So I'd have to get... I'm going to have to get onto the pier to fight these guys. So I'm behind one of them. I'm going to speak to his back. Hey. Okay, he says, you want to know if the fish are biting? And now he's going to fight us with his fish Pokemon. He's fighting fish. Oh, no. 
Ah, oh, it's a fisherman with four fighting fish. Fisherman sent out a sea king. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, sea king, level 28. So this is a fish. Yeah, it's going to be weak against Keith and Andy's vine whip. But this is a fish who knows peck, so we could be weak against its bird-like peck. That could suck for us. Let's use vine whip. Keith and Andy use vine whip. With any luck, we'll kill it in one shot. With any luck, we'll kill it in one shot. Super effective. Nope. It's only half health down. Man, Keith and Andy is not the strongest plant in the world. Seeking use peck! Seeking use peck! From 100... It did 20 damage to us. It's super effective. We're down to 80. Fight. Vine whip. Keith and Andy use vine whip. God. It's dead. Keith and Andy gain 1,020 experience. That's good experience. Fisherman is about to use Goldeen. Another fish with peck. Stay out there, Keith and Andy. You can do it, man. I believe in you. Hi, Goldeen. Vine Whip the Goldeen. Keith and Andy use Vine Whip on the Goldeen. Down goes its health. It's dead in one. Super effective. Great. Keith and Andy gains six, six, six experience points. And Keith and Andy are leveled up to level 36 with all that satanic energy. Fisherman is about to use Sea King again. Okay, Keith and Andy, you can do it. No. Uh, wow, our health went up by three. That's pretty good. Hi, Sea King. Fine. Vine Whip. Keith and Andy used Vine Whip. And down it goes. Past half health. Super effective. Seeking use Peck. From 83 health, but you go down to 64 health. Super effective. Fine. Vine Whip. Keith and Andy used Vine Whip. And it is a dead Seeking. Super effective it is, though. Seeking Feyenoord. Keith and Andy, 1,020 experience points has gained. Fisherman is bound to use another Seeking. Wow. No, stay out there, Keith and Andy. You've got 64 healths left. You can take a couple Pecks. Fight. Vine Whip. And the Seeking is dead. Bang. Alright, Keith and Andy. No, Seeking fainted. Keith and Andy gained 1,020 experience points and I defeated the Fisherman. Gosh, the, the Fisherman says, Dang! And then I got 980 bucks. Let's speak to him again. I can't catch anything good. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Listeners, I'm going to quickly swim back to Mum's house and I'm going to heal Keith and Andy. And I'll just cut back to when I'm back on this pier. Alright, listeners, we're back on the pier. One last Fisherman. We'll speak to him from behind. I've got a big haul. You want to go for it? Wow. Well, if you've got a big haul, yeah, I'm down for going for it. Ah, oh, we're going for it, listeners. There he is. His big haul consists, wow, of six whole Pokemon. One, two, three, four, five, six Pokemon. Oh my gosh, Fisherman wants to fight. Fisherman sent out Magikarp. Beautiful. Okay, level 27. This is wonderful. Go, Keith and Andy, and the Magikarp is dead. In one shot, one vine whip. Magikarp fain and Keith and Andy gain. Ah, oh, goddammit, just a hundred experience. It's worth nothing. Fisherman is about to use Magikarp and it's dead. And, uh, gain another 115 experience. Fisherman is about to use Magikarp and it's dead. Mm, another 115 experience. Fisherman is about to use Magikarp. Are these all gonna be Magikarp? I cut to when it's not a Magikarp. Alright, no, it was all Magikarps, and here goes the last Magikarp. Dead of cuts. Great. Enemy Magikarp fainted. Six Magikarps. Keith and Andy gained another 115 experience, so we gained about 600 experience from those six Pokemon. What? This is a troll fisherman. <laughs> he says, my Magikarps! <laughs> I got some money. Why did the game stick this guy in here? It's just a big middle finger to me. Daniel, the player, who wants to level up Keith and Andy. Uh, the fisherman says, I seem to only catch Magikarp. Yeah, you seem to. Let's get on Daniel K's back. And let's surf around. Is there anything to the east? Oh, there's a swimmer. There's two swimmers. 
There's a little little cluster of swimmers here. Let's fight this first swimmer. Oh, did a little Hello, swimmer. The sea cleanses my body and soul. Oh, that's good. And it's a swimmer. Yeah, he's a real weird sprite. Two Pokemon, so they're going to be pretty tough. Swimmer sent out a Seedra. Seedra. Hello, Seedra. Go, Keith and Andy. This is perfect. Seedra is pure water. So let's vine whip it. Oh, Seedra used water gun. It gets a shot off. It only does... Oh, it was a critical hit. It did like a 12 damage to us. We're on 81 health. Uh, Keith and Andy use vine whip. This better kill it. No! It's super effective. It only does half its health. Vine whip sucks. Listeners, Vine Whip totally sucks. Why do I only get 10 of them? They suck. Cedra used Leah. I've got three levels up on it. I use Vine Whip. It's super effective, and it only does half damage to it. Super effective, only doing half damage. It's not even dead. Two super effective Vine Whips, and it's not even dead. Vine Whip sucks. Why does it suck so much? This last one is a cut, and I finally killed the Cedra. Enemy Cedra fainted. Keith and Andy gained 1,095 experience, and <gasps> Keith and Andy grew to level 37. Swimmer is about to use Tentacruel. Okay, this is no good. Uh, well, Dan, I'll change Pokemon. Yes, we're going to change to Constantine, because Tentacruel and Tentacool, they are not water types. They may be jellyfish, they may swim around in the water, but they are not water type Pokemon. They are pure poison Pokemon. So, uh, with uh, one confusion from Constantine... Uh, confusion being a strong move against poison Pokemon. Oh, it's not quite dead. It used a poison sting on us. A critical hit. Didn't poison us though, just did 9 damage. We're gonna use one last confusion, it's gonna kill this Tentacruel. Super effective, it's dead. Go Constantine, enemy Tentacruel. Fainted, Constantine gained 1,449 experience points and Donald defeated the swimmer. Who has this to say? Aya! <laughs> yeah. A-Y-A-H, exclamation point. Aya! Am I the only person in the entire world who watched the old Jackie Chan Adventures TV show? And his uncle? Oh, that might be my family back. Hang on, I'm going to go check. Alright, no, it was just the cats jumping around making it sound like my family was home. Yeah, so this swimmer says, Aya, like Jackie Chan's uncle does. And uh, Daniel got 165 bucks for winning. And continues to say, Hey, I like the mountains too. Yeah, good. I'm glad to hear it. Alright, there's another swimmer here. We're going to fight the swimmer. What's wrong with my swimming? It looks fine to me. But, uh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it's a cue ball. Fuck off. It's one of the disgusting codpiece characters. It's one of the disgusting codpiece characters who killed uh, Tyler, Mr. Thornton. Alright, Q-Ball wants to fight. Q-Ball sent out Tentacle. Oh, another poison Pokemon. Oh, no, don't go Keith and Andy. Swap out for Constantine and listeners, it's dead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay, okay, Constantine killed it. Yeah, Keith and Andy gained 345. Constantine gained 345. Q-Ball is about to use a Tentacle again, and it's dead. Tentacle fainted, Constantine gained 697, Q-Ball is about to use a Tentacruel. This is uh, the Q-Ball's last Pokemon, so no, stay out there, Constantine. Q-Ball sent out Tentacruel, great big tentacle. Let's fight. Confusion. I think Confusion will get this one. It's a couple levels lower than the last. Oh, it's still alive! 
But that was a super effective attack. Tentacruel became confused. Tentacruel is confused. And it, it hurt itself. And it's dead. The fantastic enemy Tentacruel fainted. Constantine gained 1,360 experience points and down the defeat of the cue ball. Wonderful. The cue ball says, ah, oh, cheap shot. Well, fuck off. Dan only got 775 bucks, so let's speak to this swimming cue ball. I look like what? A studded inner tube? Get lost. Well, I can't believe that my character would say something so mean to even such a big dickhead as this guy. Alright, so there's nothing to the east up here. Let's see if there was anything to the west of this pier. Would there be more swimmers to the west? No. Just a barrier to the west. So let's keep on going down south. Are we still in the same sea route? Let's see. Tenra, sea route 21. That's... Oh. Yeah, Sea Route 21 takes up all the space between uh, between Pallet Town and Cinnabar Island, so there's going to be no routes until I hit the town. Alright, we go down. Oh, there's another pier with fishermen on it. Let's get on the pier, speak to the back of this fisherman. Hey, don't scare away the fish. I'm sorry, my friends. We're in a fight with a fisherman, and the fisherman has two Pokemon. The first one being a... Brief audio error. I like Shelda. It's got a tongue sticking out. Go Keith and Andy. I think Shelda is not poison at all. It's pure pure water Pokemon. So we're going to use Vine Whip. Keith and Andy used Vine Whip. And the Shelda goes down, 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 and it is dead in one. Beautiful. It's super effective. Go Keith and Andy. Uh, gained 643 experience points. Fisherman is about to use Cloyster, the evolved form. Will that not change Pokemon? No. Stay out there, Keith and Andy. Cloyster. I think this thing is... It's probably 100% a water Pokemon, but if it's anything else, it's like water slash rock or water slash steel. Probably water slash rock. Uh, yeah, so Vine Whip. There should be no trouble. I'm gonna Vine Whip the Cloyster, it goes down past half health because Vine Whip is pathetic, it doesn't even kill it. Aurora Beam, what the hell is Aurora Beam? We go down, we go down, we go down, <gasps> we go down to 37. Okay, that's okay. It's super effective, what the fuck is super effective about it? How could Aurora Beam, oh it's an ice, is it an ice attack? An ice is strong against plants? Keith and Andy's attack fell, come on Vine Whip it to death please. Keith and Andy used Vine Whip. What's this cloister doing with an ice move? I guess it makes sense, doesn't it? Critical hit, dead. Super effective. Kapow! Enemy cloister fainted. Aurora beam. Wow, I could have been just flat out killed. Keith and Andy gained 1,348 experience points. Daniel defeated the fisherman. Wow. Fisherman says, sorry, I didn't mean it. Wow, that's nice of him. Uh, 1,085 bucks for winning. Now, Keith and Andy is kind of knocked about. Should I... I could use one of my potions on him. But that seems like a waste of po potions. Doesn't it? No, yeah, okay. I'll, I'm going to quickly run back and heal Keith and Andy, and then I'll, I'll cut back to when I'm back on this pier. Alright, we're back on the pier. Just healed Keith and Andy. They're still in first position. Let's speak to this last fisherman. Hey, keep me company till I get hit. Till I get a hit. I guess he's calling a fish a hit? Frankly, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's standing on the pier and is facing, like, he's fishing into a square of water, which is, like, between the pier and then this big barrier. So he's just got, like, a tiny square, which is gonna, like, this is, this, this is an idiot fisherman. 
Two Pokemon. First a Sea King, a great big dangerous Sea King, which is going to peck us to death, but uh, not before we, we do our best to, to whip it into an early grave with our Vine Whips. First one Vine Whip does not even half health, because Vine Whip sucks. Why does it suck so much? Oh, good. The, the Sea King is Tail Whip. Hopefully, if we crit, we're going to kill it with the second Vine Whip. Down. No. No crit. Not dead. No dead fish. Seeking use Fury Attack. Okay, that's a pretty good option. Could have pecked us. Oh, fuck. It's a critical hit. It just did, um... I think that's 11 damage? We went from 106 to 95. That's 11 damage, isn't it? And there's still more to come. Down we go from 95 to 84. From 84 we go down again to 73. Hit three times. Fine. Uh, use a cut rather than a vine whip because it's just got a tiny little bit left and bang critical hit it is a dead fish enemy seeking fainted and Keith and Gandhi G Gandhi Keith and Gandhi <laughs> Keith and Gandhi gained 1201 experience points oh shit Keith and Gandhi grew to level 38 <gasps> Keith and Gandhi is trying to learn razor leaf ah oh, what a blessing razor leaf but Keith and Gandhi can't learn more than four moves. Delete an older move to make room for Razor Leaf? Yes, totally, definitely. Which move shall be forgotten? Uh, acid Cut, Sleeping Powder, or Vine Whip? Let's get rid of Sleeping Powder. Yeah, okay. One, two, and poof. Keith and Gandhi forgot Sleeping Powder, and Keith and Gandhi learned Razor Leaf. Oh, what a blessing. Okay, Fisherman is about to use Goldeen. Well, my poor little Goldeen friend, you're about to get razored by a whole bunch of leaves. Fight. 25 razor leaves. Wow, so is it weaker than Vine Whip? It can't possibly be weaker than Vine Whip. I get 25 razor leaves, and I get 10 Vine, vine Whips. Let's see how we go. Razor Leaf. Keith and Andy use Razor Leaf. And whack, smash. We hit the Goldeen with a bunch of leaves. It goes down, it goes down. Dead in one! A super effective critical hit. Killed the Goldeen with razor leaves. Goldeen fainted. Keith and Andy gained 784. Okay. And Daniel defeated the fisherman. And the fisherman says... Oh, that burned some time. That burned some time. Cool. He goes on to say... Oh, wait! I got a bite! Yeah! Oh, good. What a happy story. Speaking of happy stories... Listeners... Um, I enjoy listening to this podcast called, uh, called Tune In Pod, uh, which is hosted by these two guys called Keith and Andy. Uh, I named one of my Pokemon after Keith and Andy. Can you guess which one? That's right, Keith and Gandhi, the, uh, the, uh, Bellsprout evolved. What's the, what's the evolved form of, of Bellsprout stats? Uh, Weeping Bell. Weepin' Bell. Yeah, um... And so tune in pods, Keith and Andy have also been listening to my podcast a little bit. And I heard on their podcast, Keith and Andy say, oh, hey, uh, Daniel, if you're listening all the way down in Australia, here's a little bit of advice. Hey, buddy, as soon as Weepin' Bell learns Razor Leaf, use a, use a leaf stone to evolve it into its third and final form. Because uh, that's the best thing to do, I guess, for its stats or, you know, whatever. So I'm going to take that advice. Do you remember way back, I think before I fought Koga the Poison Ninja Master, I ducked back to the supermarket and I said I'm going to buy something secret. I'm going to buy a secret item. Um, I also bought one other item, but it's a secret. It's a huge secret. I'm not telling you what item I bought. But don't worry, it'll come up soon enough. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, guess what that secret item was? I have it here in my inventory currently. It's a leaf stone. I have one times leaf stone, so we're going to use a leaf stone. Alright, we can't use it on Sarah, Mr. Tolly, Daniel K, Constantine, Johnny Five, but we can use it on Keith and Andy. Use it on which Pokemon? Keith and Andy. Alrighty. What? Keith and Andy is evolving. Uh, there's the weeping bell. And. Oh, whoop, 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 whoop. Ah! Keith and Andy evolves into Victory Bell. Victory Bell. Victory Bell. That's an interesting name, Victory Bell. Yeah, it's a cool looking pitcher plant. Awesome. I think this is going to help us out. Because frankly, Keith and Andy has been kind of, uh, up until this point, the, the sort of the weak point of the group. <laughs> but now we've got a third evolution, which is going to improve our stats fantastically. And we've got Razor Leaf, which I think... Like, I don't, I don't know this for sure, but I think it must be stronger than Vine Whip, because anything would be stronger than Vine Whip, as, as I've now learnt, having used it a little bit. Alright, Daniel K, surf into the water. Fantastic. Alright, what good news? Ah, oh, there's another swimmer down here. Let's fight this swimmer. Hello, says a swimmer. Ah, oh, I caught all my Pokemon at sea. That's good news. Uh, this swimmer has one Pokemon. Swimmer wants to fight. Swimmer sent out a Starmie. Hello, Starmie. Ooh, level 37. Go, Keith and Andy, level 38. All right, I'm on 87 health. I'm actually a little bit on the back foot, and this is a pretty big, strong Starmie. But, hey, Razor Leaf. Starmie used Tackle. We go down to 78 health. Keith and Andy use Razor Leaf. I hope this kills it. Bang, 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 bang. It goes down to... It goes down to... Ah! Critical hit! Super effective, dead in one! Yes, Keith and Andy! I didn't think you could do it, mate, but you did it! Keith and Andy gained 1,641 experience points and Daniel defeated the swimmer. Wow! Trial by fire, and we passed! The swimmer says, Oh, diver down! And Daniel got 185 bucks for winning. Uh, and they continue to speak to us. Where'd you catch your Pokemon? Not in the sea, my friends. Not in the sea. Alright. Fantastic. Okay. We must be getting close. Oh, there's another swimmer here. Yeah, let's fight this swimmer. Right now, I'm in a triathlon meet. A triathlon meet. That's interesting. I don't know what a triathlon meet is. Alright, swimmer's got two Pokemon. First, a star you, and it's uh, killed by razor leaves. Great. And now, Keith and Andy gain 748. Swimmer is about to use a war turtle. Oh, a war turtle. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, with only 78 health left, which is slightly above half health for us, let's keep Keith and Andy out, and let's kill this war turtle with another razor leaf. There we go. All right. I wonder if it's just like an error that Vine Whip only has 10 attacks, because Vine Whip is pathetic compared to Razor Leaf, which has more than twice as many uh, PPs. Keith and Andy gain 1,011. Daniel defeated the swimmer. That was easy. Man, we're mincing through these swimmers now with Keith and Andy. Swimmer says, pant, pant, pant. Then I'll go 165. Swimmer continues to say, oh, I'm beat, but I still have the bike race and marathon left. Oh, I'm sorry, that sounds like a real shit time you're having. Let's keep on swimming down. We swim down. Oh, the sea is starting to, to narrow down a little bit. Oh, random encounter. It's going to be some kind of poisonous. Yeah, it's just a tentacle. Tentacle level 15 now. Hey, let's just run the hell away. 
Yeah, I got away safely. Yep, we continue surfing down. <gasps> there's a big building. Oh, there's a pier. We get off. And here we are. Where are we? Town map. Use. Cinnabar Island. Welcome to Cinnabar Island. Here's the gym. Here's some people. Oh, fuck, listeners. Here's a question. Are we going to do the missing no thing? What do you think? What, what what item should we multiply with the missing no glitch? Should I do it? I forget how to do it. It's been a long time since childhood. Do I have to kill the missing no, or do I have to run away from the missing no? Oh, maybe I don't want to fuck with this. If I get in the water, Pokemon, Daniel K, Daniel K, got in the water. Am I still in Cinnabar Island? Town map, use. I'm still in Cinnabar Island, so I could surf off the side, or I could surf around until I got, like, uh... Until I got, like, uh, a, a random encounter. I could get a new Pokemon, I think. Oh, but there's the research center here! Is that what this building is? Oh, okay, let's go down to the Pokemon center. Oh, I'm, I'm so... I don't know what to do first. There's the gym. It's such a small island. It has two big buildings. One of which I think is some kind of research center. And then there's a one Pokemon, one Pokemon Center, and then a gym. And that's it. So one, two, three, four, five buildings on this little island. It's a tiny island. Let's go into the Pokemon Center. We'll quickly uh, heal our Pokemon like this. And we'll quickly talk to anyone, everyone, in case they have something interesting to say. Hi, Pokemon can still learn techniques after cancelling evolution, blah, blah, blah. Evolution can wait until new moves, blah, blah, blah. There's an old man here. Oh, do you have any something, something Pokemon you get in trades grow very quickly? I think it's worth a try. Okay, cool. Oh, there's one last lady here we speak to. Oh, you can cancel evolution. When a Pokemon is evolving, you can stop it and leave it away and leave, live, love. Okay, cool. Alright. Daniel, turn on the PC. Uh, Daniel's PC. Accessed item storage. Let's withdraw. Helix fossil. Withdrew the Helix fossil. And then there was amber as well, wasn't there? Where is it? Moonstone. Old amber. Withdrew old amber. Okay. Alright, so now let's go see which of these buildings is the research building. Is it this one next? There's a sign next to the Pokemon Center. Pokemon Lab. Okay, here we are. Big building next to the Pokemon Center. Here we are. Okay, there's a guy. We study Pokemon extensively here. People often bring us rare Pokemon for examination. Okay, cool. There's a picture on the wall. A photo of the lab's founder, Dr. Fuji. Nice. Uh, there's a door with a sign next to it. Pokemon Lab Meeting Room. There's another door with another sign. Pokemon Lab R&D Room. R&D. Rest and something? I don't know. There's another door with another sign. Pokemon Lab Testing Room. Alright, let's, let's get in the meeting room. We enter this room. There are three people. One guy at a desk who says, I found this very strange fossil in Mount Moon. I think it's a rare prehistoric Pokemon. Yeah, hey, ditto, man. There's an old man here. Hello there. Do you want to trade your Raichu for Electrode? We could do that. Couldn't we? We've got a Raichu. But we could have caught an Electrode as well. Ah. Uh, Bassam or Keith and Andy, get in touch if you think uh, it's worth trading. It's probably worth trading, because traded Pokemon get, like, extra perks, don't they? It's probably worth it. Alright, I won't do it right now. No, I say. 
Well, if you don't want to, well then. Okay, and there's a woman here at the desk. Can we speak to her? Hi! Do you have Venonat? I do, yeah. Hey, do you want to trade it for a Tanglia? A Tanglia! Yeah, I definitely want to do that. Yeah, okay, I don't have my I don't have my Venonat on me. But I'll go back to the PC and grab that Venonat. And I'll trade I'll totally trade that for a Tanglia. But uh, let's let's check out the next room first. Okay. This is a lab room. Uh, there's a computer here. Let's read. Let's see what's up with the computer. There's an email message. Dot dot dot. The three legendary bird Pokemon are Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. Their whereabouts are unknown. Well, one of them's in the cold, cold ground. Uh, we plan to explore that the cavern close to Cerulean. From Pokemon Research Team. Dot dot dot. Okay, cool. So there are two scientists here. There's also a wall with things on. Let's look what these things are. Oh, we can't interact. Here we are. An ember, an amber pipe. There was only one of them I could look at. Only one of them was something. Oh, that's weird. Alright, speak to one of the scientists. Eevee can evolve into one of three kinds of Pokemon. That's all he has to say. Yeah, um... Cambo the Baker is my Eevee. Uh, and when my party gets wiped out, he's going to be amongst the, the ranks of the, uh, the B team. And this this scientist here, this next one I'm speaking to, says, Tisk, tisk, tisk. I made a cool TM. It can cause all kinds of fun. Dan will receive TM35. I think that's metronome, just based on the fact that he said tisk, tisk, tisk. And metronome causes just anything to happen. So I don't really, I don't think I want that, do I? Do I, Bassam? That's not worth having, is it? No. I'll probably sell it. Alright, this last room has two computers and two scientists. Let's read the computers first. Daniel turned on the PC, Bill's PC, or item storage. Okay, there's another computer here. Turned on the PC, same thing. Okay, so let's speak to this first scientist. It's at a desk. I'm looking for Ponita. Hey, you want to trade one for a seal? No, I don't have any Ponitas, my friend. Oh, oh well. Okay, let's speak to this guy. He's out in, in the equipment. Hiya, he says. I am important doctor. I am important doctor. I study here rare Pokemon fossils. You, have you fossil for me? Helix fossil or old amber? I can give this guy both. Alright, let's give him a helix fossil. Oh, that is helix fossil. I guess he's supposed to have like an accent and I'm not doing it. It's supposed to have like an important doctor accent. Oh. Well, I'm just going to keep on going with what I've been doing. It is Fossil of Omni... Om... Omanite. A Pokemon that is already extinct. My resurrection machine will make that Pokemon live again. Yes. So, you hurry and give me that. Daniel handed over Helix Fossil. I take little time. You go for walk a little while. Okay, cool. Alright, we, we better have... Uh, we better have space in our in our team. Shall we? Well, how long does it take? He'll give us a call, won't he? Yeah, he'll give us a call. Alright, so let's let's go check out... Hey, can I... Hang on, I'll just go back into that room. Maybe I can also give him the old amber. Let's let's check it out. I walked back into the room. Here's the scientist. I take little time. You go for a walk a little while. Okay, cool. Damn. Alrighty. We exit this building. Let's see what that other building is. And we walk around town. 
Walking around, walking around. There's some people in the middle of this little island. Let's speak to this man first. Scientists conduct experiments in the burned out building. The burned out building? That's I guess that's where we're off to next. Let's talk to this lady. Cinnabar's Jim Blaine. Cinnabar Jim's Blaine is an odd man who has lived here for decades. Yeah, okay. Alright, so here's the other the only other building on the island. Cinnabar Island, the fiery town of burning desire. Gosh. Alright. Let's enter this building. Wow. Kind of got like a... Yeah, an electronica soundtrack in here. Is there going to be random Pokemon encounters? Is this a dungeon? Oh, there's stairs. Oh, there's rubble. Rocks. There, oh, there's a there's a, an item on the ground? Is there no random encounters? Of ah, A random encounter! A Pokemon! I'm going to catch a Pokemon! What is it? <gasps> oh, it's a, it's a Grimer. It's a wild Grimer. Level 32. I've already got... I've already got Keith and Andy who has acid. So that's, that's my poison Pokemon. And then there's Sarah who's poison type. So I don't think I want this Grimer in my party. But I'll still, I'll still catch him anyway. Oh, I'm not going to do it with Keith and Andy though. Let's swap for... Who can just give this thing a tap? Keith and Andy is weak against him. Maybe I'll send out Daniel K, the water type. You switch. Keith and Andy come back. Yeah, and maybe I just water gun it down a little bit. Level 36 versus a level 32. Grimer use pound from 101 health we go down. Okay, I'm going to use water gun. Daniel K, use water gun. Hang on, listeners. Okay, Jesus, listeners, I'm sorry. It's been like an hour. I've been inside doing family stuff. What is going on? Oh, we're fighting a Grimer! A level 32 Grimer. We just got it with, what, a water gun? Um, and it's down past half health. And that's going to need to be good enough. We're going to need to try catching it with our, um... With our what? Where are we? What balls have we got? Ultra Balls! We got six Ultra Balls, so it's going to be Ultra Balls or nothing, I'm afraid, because, like, I don't think there's anything else I can hit this Grimer with which won't kill it. Ultra Ball. Dan will use an Ultra Ball. Gets in the ball. So it's on about... <gasps> oh! Oh, it nearly! Shoot! It was so close, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not on a third. It's got more than a third health. It's got less than half, but more than a third. Grimer use pound. Go down to 79. Item, Ultra Ball. We've got five left. Uh, counting this one, which I'm wasting now. Come on. <gasps> Alright, it was caught. Fantastic. Okay, Pokedex data will be added for Grimer. Grimer, sludge type Pokemon. Two foot, 11 inches tall. And 66 pounds. Man, they're all 66 pounds, aren't they? Appears in filthy areas. Thrives by sucking up polluted sludge that is pumped out of factories. Okay, do you want to give a nickname to Grimer? Yes. Alright, now listeners, I'm just going to turn down the volume a little bit. There's someone who needs a Pokemon named after them. Uh, Eric B. Are you listening? Eric. 
you listen on SoundCloud, and you are one of the biggest listeners to this podcast, but you're not on Twitter. Um, so I, I can't reach out and say like, hi, thanks for listening, Eric B. Um, you listen on SoundCloud, you're not on Twitter. I've done a bit of stalking. I think I found your Facebook account. Uh, there's not that many people with your name around. There's two of them in America with Facebook accounts, and one of them's down in somewhere in the south, and one of them's down like up in Illinois. And I think, I think I know which one you are. Uh, but frankly, you've listened to so many of these episodes that I can't name this Grimer after you. I need to name something better. Like I'm not going to use this Grimer in a party. So I, I want you, Eric B to be someone who will be a great asset to me, a, a source of strength, such that you are in real life with your listens. So I, I hope uh, I hope this weird little reach-out, shout-out hasn't been too strange, because we've had absolutely no contact apart from this. All I see is, is these, uh, these great big numbers of listener, listens coming from this person with your name. Who's you? From you, coming from you. So uh, that doesn't really help me right now with what to name this uh, this Grimer. Um, I guess given that we're going to have an Eric B in the team eventually, we're going to name this Grimer Rakim. R lowercase A-K-I-M. There we go. So when we finally get an Eric B, we can have Eric B and Rakim. So follow me and what you're thinking you were first. Let's travel at beneficent speeds around the universe. What could you say as the earth gets further and further away? Planets are small as the balls of clay. Astray into the Milky Way. World's out of sight. Far as the eye can see, not even a satellite. Done. Rakim was transferred to Bill's PC. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, let, let's move Let's move on, shall we? We're here in this weird place. I'm going to walk around. This Cinnabar Island, I thought there would be, like, fire types, like Ponitas and all that stuff in here. And frankly, if I find, like, a Ponita or a Growlithe, which I could have caught, like, that kind of thing, I reckon, uh, Eric, you could have been one of them. Because I don't have a fire type. You would be my first fire type. That would have been a wonderful honor. But no, the random encounters screwed me over. I wasn't able to name you after my first fire, fire type. So I'm going to keep your name in reserve. So I can find something to properly honor you. Alrighty. So we're still in the kind of... We're past the entrance of this sort of dungeon. Uh, It had some stairs in it. The sort of entrance hall. I walked past the stairs and there was a passageway in the northeast. I took that to this other big room. Uh, And there's these like tables. These empty tables or desks. Benches. Uh, And then I had a random encounter with a Grimer and I caught it. And I named it Rakim. Uh, there's a, an item here in the middle, which I'm going to pick up. Daniel found an escape rope. Okay, cool. Uh, there's an electric door down here, which makes me feel like I'd need a key card or something. Uh, but I don't have one, so I can't open it. There's a way to go here to the east. Ah, it hooks around to the south, and we have a random encounter. What could have we got? What could have we got? <gasps> a Ponita! A Ponita! A wild Ponita! Level 30. Go, Keith and Andy. Oh, boy, Keith and Andy, you are the wrong Pokemon to be fighting a Ponita with. Yeah, it would have been nice to have a Ponita. Uh, go, Daniel K. Keith and Andy come back. Go, Daniel Kuhn. Ponita used Tail Whip. And uh, now the Ponita's dead. We'll just cut to the chase. Yeah. Um, so, Keith and Andy gain experience. Oh! Well, I'm glad I had you out. Uh, after all, Keith and Andy, you grew to level 39. And Daniel K gain experience. Let's... uh. Let's make it official and swap Daniel K out to first position. Switch, swatch. There we go. 
Um, okay, so this is a kind of... Oh, another random encounter. It's uh, another Panita, and now the random encounter is over. So, I keep on walking. Man, this is going to be a great place for Daniel to level. Alright, uh, another random encounter, which is now over. Man, it was another Panita there, uh, infesting this place. Um, yeah, so that this uh, little room opens up into a corridor. And there's a way to go to the south, or there's a way to go to the west. Let's try south first. Maybe this will be a dead end. A little room. Oh, a random encounter. It's, uh... Oh! Oh! A Vulpix! And it's now dead. Wow, it got me with a quick attack. It critted. I'm down to 60 out of 100 health with Daniel K. Oh, okay, down the bottom here, there's an electric gate. Which I can't get... Can't. I don't have access to, so I come back up. Another random encounter. Oh my god! It's a muck! A wild muck appeared, level 37. Okay. I'll swap out for Constantine and now it's dead. It did get us with a smog and poisoned us. So now Constantine's poisoned. Uh, and Daniel K is on kind of half health. So let's, uh, let's quickly run back to the exit with Constantine taking poison damage all the time. Oh, another random encounter. It's uh, Ponita and it's dead. So we keep on moving. Oh, well, would you look at that? Daniel K grew to level 37. Nice, this is great. We keep on moving. Constantine taking poison damage. I'll, uh, I'm in no danger of him dying, am I? I don't think so. Another random encounter. Um, uh, a Grimer, and it's dead. Or more precisely, I've run away, in fact. Uh, what's Constantine on? Yeah, he's still on tons of health. 138. We can take 138 blibberty blops of poison damage. We're coming down to the exit of this place. We exit the place. And then we walk through this beautiful island to the Pokemon Center. Oh, I accidentally tried to get into the gym, but it turns out the door is locked. I guess I probably need to clear out the uh, old burnt out place before then. Okay, I'm gonna heal our Pokemon. Bum, bum, do, 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 do. Thank you, your Pokemon are fighting fit. Alright, you know what, I think the, I think if I do that whole burnt out dungeon in this episode, it's going to go for too long. So I'm going to probably bring this episode to a conclusion, but not by going and clearing out the fireplace. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do those, those trades which I wanted to do. I'm going to trade, I'm going to trade my Raichu for the electric thing, and I'm going to trade my Venonat for the Tanglia, because those are two good moves, I think. Um, let's go Bill's PC. We've got to deposit some Pokemon. Two of them. Deposit. Let's deposit Keith and Andy. We don't want him on the Fire Island. I mean, I, I'm going to pull him back out and we're going to have him in the Fire Island, but you know what I mean. And let's deposit... Let's say... Uh, Constant. Hmm. Oh, it doesn't matter. Why am I making these decisions? Yeah, deposit Constantine. And we're going to withdraw. Uh, where are we? Ayuna. I named Ayuna. So, who did I name Ayuna? I don't know what kind of Pokemon that is. Cherry, Dibbo, Cambo. Mud, Evan, Hattie. Cabbage, Nelson. We're withdrawing Nelson, the Raichu. Withdraw. 
I'm just saying, Keith, any cabbage. Who is the Venonat? Canva, Dibbo, Cherry, the Chansey. Is Ayuna the Venonat? That doesn't sound right, does it? It must be. Ayuna, withdraw. Ayuna is taken out. Let's see. Pokemon. Ayuna is a Venonat. Stats. Oh, Ayuna. I don't want to get rid of... I mean, I, I want to get rid of my Venonat, but I don't want to get rid of Ayuna. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, quickly get you up to full health before I trade you in. Yeah, done. And let's head to the uh, research lab next door and we'll do those two trades. Let's see what kind of things we get. Where are we? Is it in here? Hi there, lady at the desk. Hi, do you have a Venonat? I do. Ayuna, my Venonat. Want to trade for Tanglia? Yeah, I do. Ayuna, I'm trading you in. I'm sorry. Okay, connecting the cables. We've stuck our Game Boys together. Venonat. Stuck in a Pokeball. Gets sucked up a tube. Goes along the tube. I see it leaving my Game Boy. Heading to the trainer's Game Boy. And it gets stuck in the Game, ba game Boy. Venonat went to trainer. And now we see the same thing happening in reverse. For Daniel's Venonat, trainer sends a Tanglia. Waves farewell to Tanglia. Tanglia is transferred. We see it come out of the trainer's uh, Game Boy. And it gets stuck into our Game Boy. Tanglia. Hello, Tanglia. What level are you? Take good care of my Tanglia. And what is your name as well? Then I'll trade it Venonat for Tanglia. Cool. Thanks, pal. Let's see. Pokemon. Crinkles! Level 26. Grass. Constrict and bind. Constrict and bind. Crinkles. Alright. And next, let's send Nelson on its way. Where's the guy who wanted to trade for a... Uh... Hey, found this strange fossil. No, you're not it. Here we are. Oh, hello there. Do you want to trade your Raichu for an Electrode? Yes. Choose Nelson. Okay, connect the, t the cables like so. It's basically like a one-for-one -one trade. Uh, an electric type for an electric type. But I'm going to get a slightly better electric type. Because I'm trading it in. Because traded Pokemon are better for some weird reason. So yeah, this whole thing uh, plays out in this little animation and now it's done. There we are. Electrode! Hello! It's it's the big Pokeball shaped Pokemon with red on the bottom and white at the top. Take good care of Electrode. Daniel traded Raichu for Electrode. Let's check out what our new Electrode is named. Pokemon. Doris! Doris is a great name. Oh, that's wonderful. Doris. Level 33. Screech, Sonic Boom, Self-Destruct and Light Screen. Yeah, good move. Uh, stats. Type electric. It's pure electric type. Great. Okay, listeners. So with that flurry of trading done, uh, <laughs> with Nelson and Ayuna traded off, I'm going to save my game. Now saving. And then I'll save the game. 
I'll just quickly double check that the guy isn't done with, with the old fossil. Let's see. Where were you? Oh, he is done! Oh my god, your fossil is back to life! It was Omnite. Uh, Daniel got the Omnite. Do you want to give a nickname to Omnite? Yes. Um... Maybe Eric B can be the Omnite. It's tempting, because it's like a water Pokemon, isn't it? But it's like water slash stone? Omnite's going to be a solid B team, so it's not going to go right into my into my party because I've got Daniel, Daniel Kuhn, who's who's being the um, the water type in my current party. Maybe this is good enough for Eric B. Okay, Eric B. You're my Omnite. E uh, R I C. I had to quickly open up my uh, my SoundCloud listening stats uh, to see uh, the spelling of Eric. Eric B. Eric B. There we go. Done. Okay. Awesome, man. Fantastic. Alright, no more room for this Pokemon. Eric B was sent to Pokemon Box 1 on PC. Man, okay, I'm gonna give my old Amber to this guy. Hiya! I am important doctor. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, have you a fossil? Old Amber. Oh, that is old Amber. It is fossil of Aerodactyl. A Pokemon that is already extinct. My resurrection machine will make that Pokemon live again, yes. So hurry and give me that. Daniel handed old Amber. Okay. So I go for a walk a little time. Let's get on his computer. Bill's PC. We're going to deposit... Um, crinkles. Deposit. And deposit... Doris. And now I'm going to withdraw. <laughs> We've got Eric B and Rakim right up the top. That's perfect. And then the Marmaluke, uh, Cherry, Dibbo, Cambo, Superflua, Mud, Evan, Hattie, Ducks. I mean Pizza, sorry. Cabbage, Keith and Andy, Constantine, Crinkles, Doris. I'm going to pull out Constantine, level 41. Withdraw. Sorry, level 44. Great. And now... Instead of Keith and Andy, who's going to be not that great on this Fire Island, I'm going to pull out Eric B, who's level 30. Withdraw. Eric B is taken out. Got Eric B. So you can be in my party for this Fire Island, Eric B. Pokemon. Eric B. Uh, oh man, only 61 health. That What? How can that possibly be? Only 61 health stats. Wow, yeah. Type 1 rock, type 2 water. Water gun and withdraw. Um, I'm not going to teach you Surf, even though that would be a really cool one to learn. But I don't want to fill up your move inventory with a move that two of my Pokemon already have. Okay. So, listeners, there we go. We're going to save the game. We've done really good this episode. We've had Pokemon rain down on us. Like the, the goddamn end sections of Paranoid Android. Um, and in the next episode, we're going to go back into that fire area, and we're going to, A, start leveling up Eric B, so that he gets a little bit extra health, and maybe learns a couple more powerful moves, and we're also going to progress through that, that fiery dungeon area, so that's what's going to happen in the next episode, so join me next time, 
uh, I play any other game or this game again. Uh, but stay tuned for the bonus content, which is going to be the last half of Chapter 6 of Moomin Land Midwinter. Um, it's the chapter which... Like, I, I read this chapter a long time ago. And I read it when I was really tired and I was really hot. I was exhausted. I was sick of reading so if you notice like a dip in the quality for that particular half chapter, then I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, but hopefully it's fine. Hopefully any dip in quality is just in my imagination. Uh, Eric, I hope you like how Eric-centric this last half of this episode has been. Um, you deserve it. You've been fantastic. It's been wonderful seeing all those little listens pop up on, on, my, on my statistics on SoundCloud. Uh, <laughs> and... It's really good for my ego. <laughs> All these little numbers I see are really good for me. I love it. Uh, but yeah, so stay tuned for the Let's Reads, and I'll see you all, everybody around. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Salome the little creep lay awake and staring out into the darkness. They wanted to send the Hemulin and his horn away. They wanted him to tumble into abysses. There was only one thing to do. He had to be warned against the lonely mountains, but cautiously, so that he wouldn't know that people wanted to get rid of him. Salome the little creep lay awake all night, pondering. Her small head wasn't accustomed to important thoughts like these, and towards the morning she was fast asleep. She slept over morning coffee and dinner, and no one even remembered her existence. After breakfast, Moomintroll went up to the skiing slope. "'Hello!' cried the Hemulin. "'Fun to see you here. May I teach you a very simple little turn? It's not dangerous in the least?' "'Thanks, not today,' said Moomintroll, feeling a big beast. "'I just passed by for a chat.' "'Why, that's great,' said the Hemulin. "'You're not very chatty. None of you, I've noticed. You always seem to be in a hurry and going off somewhere or other.' Moomintroll cast him a quick look. But the Hemulin looked simply interested and beaming as usual. Moomintroll took a deep breath, and then he said, I happen to know that there are some really wonderful hills in the Lonely Mountains. Are there really? said the Hemulin. Oh yes, enormous, Moomintroll continued nervously. The most colossal ups and downs. Why, I ought to give them a try, said the Hemulin. But that's far away. If I'm after the Lonely Mountains, we might meet again this side of spring. And that'd be a pity, wouldn't it? Of course, Moomintroll replied, untruthfully, blushing strongly. But really, it's quite an idea, the Hemulin mused on. That would be outdoor life indeed. The log fire in the evenings, a new mountaintops to conquer every morning, long ravine slopes, untouched snow, crisp rustling under my rushing skis. The Hemulin lapsed into daydreams. "'You're really a splendid pal to take such interest in my skiing,' he said, thankfully, after a while. Moomintroll stared at him, and then he broke out. "'But they're dangerous hills!' "'Not to me,' said the Hemulin calmly. "'Kind of you to warn me, but I really do love hills. The bigger the better, in fact.' "'Oh, but they're impossible!' cried Moomintroll, beside himself now. "'Nothing but steep precipices that don't even hold any snow. I told you wrong, I told you wrong. I remember now that somebody told me that it's quite impossible to ski there.' "'Are you sure?' said the Hemulin, wonderingly. 
believe me, implored Moomintroll. Please, won't you stay with us instead? Besides, I've thought about learning to ski now. Well, in that case, said the Hemulin, if you really want me to stay. After his conversation with the Hemulin, Moomintroll was far too upset to go home. Instead, he wandered down to the shore and he strolled along it. He made a large detour around the bathing house. He felt more and more unburdened as he walked, though. In the end, he was nearly exhilarated. He started to whistle and he kicked a lump of ice with great skill along his path. And then it started slowly to snow. It was the first snowfall since before New Year, and Moomintroll was greatly surprised. One flake after the other landed on his warm snout and melted away. He caught several in his paw to admire them for a fleeting moment. He looked towards the sky and he saw them sinking down straight at him, more and more, softer and lighter than birds down. Oh, it's like this, thought Moomintroll. I believed it simply formed on the ground somehow. The air was milder, there was nothing in sight except falling snow, and Moomintroll was caught by the same kind of excitement he used to feel at times when he was wading out for a swim. He threw off his bath gown and himself headlong into the snowdrift. So this is winter too, he thought. You can even like it. And at dusk, Salome the little creeper woke, with an anxious feeling of being late for something. And then she remembered the hemulant. She jumped down from the chest of drawers, first to a chair and then to the floor. The drawing room was empty. Everybody had gone down to the bathing house for supper. Salome the little creep climbed up to the window and with a lump in her throat she crawled out through the tunnel. No moon was up and no northern lights were showing. There was nothing but densely falling snow that stuck to her face and dress and hindered her steps. She groped her way to the Hemulan's igloo and looked inside. It was dark and forlorn. At this Salome the little creep was seized with a panic and instead of waiting in the igloo she set out into the whirling snow. She cried for her beloved Hemulan but it was like trying to cry through eider-down quilts. Her tracks were next to invisible and very soon hid by falling snow. Later in the evening, the snowfall stopped. It was as if a light curtain had been drawn away and there was a clear view again over the ice. Far out, a dark blue wall of clouds was still hiding the place where the sun had set. Moomintroll watched the new and threatening weather rolling nearer. The sky darkened suddenly again. Moomintroll, who had never seen a blizzard, expected a thunderstorm and braced himself against the first claps of thunder that he thought would soon ring out. But no thunder came, and no lightning either. Instead, a small whirl of snow rose from the white cap of one of the boulders by the shore. Worried gusts of wind were rushing to and fro over the ice, and whispered in the wood by the shore. The dark blue wall rose higher, and the gusts became stronger. Suddenly it was as if a great door had blown wide open, and the darkness yawned, and everything was filled with wet, flying snow. This time it didn't come from above, it darted along the ground. It was howling and shoving like a living thing. Moomintroll lost his balance and turned a somersault. In a trice his ears were full of snow and he became frightened. Time and all the world were lost. Everything he could feel and look at had blown away, and only a bewitched whirl of damp and dancing darkness was left around him. Any sensible person could have told him that this was the very moment when the long spring was born, but there didn't happen to be any sensible persons on the shore, but only a confused moomin crawling on all fours against the wind in a totally wrong direction. 
He crawled and he crawled, and the snow bungled up his eyes and formed a little drift on his snout, and Moomintroll became more and more convinced that this was a trick the winter had decided to play on him, with the intention of showing him simply that he couldn't stand it. First it had taken him by its beautiful curtain of slowly falling flakes, and then it threw all the beautiful snow in his face at the very moment he believed that he had started to like the winter. By and by, Moomintroll became very angry. He straightened up, and he tried to shout at the gale. He hit out against the snow, and also whimpered a little, and there was nobody to hear him. And then he tired. He turned his back to the blizzard, and he stopped fighting it. Not until then did Moomintroll notice that he felt kind of warm. It carried him along into the whirling snow. It made him feel light and almost like flying. I am nothing but air and wind. I'm part of this blizzard, Moomintroll thought, and he let himself go. It's almost like last summer. You first fight the waves, then you turn around and you ride the surf, sailing along like a cork amongst the little rainbows of the foam. And then you land laughing and just a little frightened in the sand. Moomintroll spread out his arms and he flew. Frighten me if you can, he thought happily. I'm wise to you now. You're no worse than anything else when one gets to know you. Now you won't be able to pull my leg anymore. And the winter danced him all along the snowy shore until he stumbled across the snowed-in landing stage and he ploughed his snout through the snowdrift. When he looked up, he saw a faint warm light. It was the window of the bathing house. Oh, I'm saved, Moomintroll said to himself, a little crestfallen. It's a pity that exciting things always stop happening to you when you're not afraid of them anymore and would like to have a little fun with them. When he opened the door, a wisp of steaming warm air rushed out into the blizzard, and Moomintroll saw fuzzily that the bathing house was chock full of people. Oh, there's one of them, someone cried. What? Who else? asked Moomintroll, drying his face. Salome, the little creeps lost in the blizzard, said Tutiki gravely. A glass of hot syrup came gliding through the air. Thanks, said Moomintroll to the invisible shrew, and then he continued. But I've never heard about Salome, the little creep, going out of doors. Well, we don't understand it either, said the oldest of the Wampers. And it's no use hunting for her until the blizzard ceases. She might be anywhere, and very probably she's snowed in now. Where's the Hemulin? asked Moomintroll. He's gone out to make a search anyhow, replied Tutiki. She added with a slight grin, You seem to have had a talk together about the lonely mountains, I hear. Well, what of it? Moomintroll asked vehemently. Tutiki's grin spread out. You've got a great gift for persuasion, she said. The Hemulin told us all that the skiing grounds in the Lonely Mountains were simply wretched and that he was very happy because we all liked him so much. Well, I only meant to tell him, Moomintroll began. No, take it easy, said Tutiki. It's even possible that we're beginning to like the Hemulin. The Hemulin, perhaps, had not very delicate perceptions, and perhaps he didn't always feel what people around him thought about things. But his scent was even keener than Soryu's. And besides, Soryu's scent was spoiled for the time being by emotional thinking. The Hemulin had found a couple of old tennis rackets in the attic and made himself a pair of snowshoes, and now he was calmly plodding along through the blizzard, keeping his snout close to the ground and trying to catch a whiff of the faint scent of the smallest creep that he had ever met. On his way, he looked into the igloo and he caught the scent there. Why, the little squeak has been looking for me here, the Hemulin thought good-naturedly. I wonder... And then suddenly the Hemulin had a fuzzy memory of Salome the Little Creep trying to tell him something, sometime, but being too shy to do it properly. While he plodded along through the blizzard, he saw one picture after the other of his inner vision. The Creep waiting for him beneath the hill, 
the creep running in his ski tracks, the creep nosing at the horn, and the Hemulon thought flabbergasted, I say, I have been unkind to her. He didn't feel any prick in his conscience because Hemulons very seldom do, but he became a little more interested in finding Salome the little creep. He now laid himself down on his knees so as not to lose her track. The scent went zigzagging and looping along, exactly as little beasts used to scuttle about when they are muddle-headed from fear. The creep had even been down on the bridge once and gone dangerously near the edge, and then the scent returned, climbed the hill a bit and suddenly disappeared. The Hemulon stood thinking for a while, which was no mean effort for him and then he started to dig down. He dug for quite a time, and finally he came upon something very small and warm in the snow. No, no, don't be afraid, said the Hemulon. It's only me. He tucked the creep between his shirt and his flannel vest, and he rose and started to plod back to the bathing house. On his way back, as a matter of fact, he nearly forgot Salome the little creep, and thought only of a glass of hot syrup and water. The following day was Saturday, and the gale had calmed down. The weather was warm and cloudy, and people sank themselves up to their ears in the snow. The valley looked as strange as a moonscape. The drifts were enormous rounded heaps, or beautifully curved ridges with edges sharp as knives. Every single twig in the wood carried a large snowcap. The trees looked most of all like a big pastry cakes made by a very fanciful confectioner. For once, all the guests swarmed out into the snow and arranged an enormous snowball fight. The jam was nearly finished, and it had given them all very much strength. The Hemulon sat on the woodshed roof, blowing his horn with Salome, the happy little creep at his side. He played the King's Hemulons, and he crowned this favourite piece of his with a special flourish, and then he turned to Moomintroll and he said, "'You'll have to promise not to be angry with me, but I have made up my mind to go to the Lonely Mountains. Come what may, I'll be back again next winter.' to teach you to ski instead. Oh, but I told you, Moomintroll began anxiously. I know, I know, the Hemulon interrupted. You were quite right too, but after the blizzard, the hills must be splendid. And just think how fresher the air must be out there. Moomintroll looked at Tutiki. She nodded. It meant, yes, let him go. The thing's settled now, and everything is for the best. Moomintroll went in and opened the shutters of the porcelain stove. First he softly called to his ancestor, a low signal, somewhat like, Tee-hoo! Tee-hoo! The ancestor did not reply. Why, I've neglected him, Moomintroll thought, but things that happen now really are more interesting than those things that happened a thousand years ago. And he lifted out the big jar of strawberry jam, and then he took a piece of charcoal and he wrote on the paper lid, To my old friend the Hemulon. That evening, Sorry Oo had to struggle for a whole hour in the snow until he finally reached his wailing pit. Each time he had sat there with his longing, the wailing pit had grown slightly larger, but now it was set deep in a snowdrift. The lonely mountains were wholly snow-clad now and shone before him in splendid whiteness. The night was moonless, but the stars were twinkling unusually brightly. From far away came the rumbling of an avalanche. Sorry, Oo sat down to wait for the wolves. Tonight he had to wait long. He imagined them running over snowy fields, grey and big and strong. And then they would suddenly stop when they heard his calling howl from the edge of the wood. 
Perhaps they'd think, ooh, listen, there's a pal, a cousin we could have for a companion. And this thought made Soryu feel excited, and his imagination carried him even further. He embroidered his daydream while he waited. He let the whole pack appear over the nearest hill, and they came running towards him, and they wagged their tails, and then Soryu remembered that genuine wolves never wag their tails. But that was no matter. They came running, and they knew him from before. They had already decided to take him along with them. And now Soryu was quite overwhelmed with his vivid daydream. He turned his muzzle to the stars, and he gave a howl. And then the wolves answered him. They were so near that Soryu felt frightened. He tried clumsily to burrow down into the snow. Eyes were glinting up all around him. The wolves were silent again. They had formed a ring around him, and it was slowly closing in. Soryu wagged his tail and he whimpered, but nobody answered him. He took off his woolen cap and he threw it in the air to show that he would like to play, and that he was quite harmless. But the wolves didn't look at the cap, and suddenly Soryu knew that he had made a mistake. They weren't his brethren at all. One couldn't have any fun with wolves. One could only be eaten up, and possibly have the time to regret that one had behaved like an ass. He stopped his tail, that was still wagging from pure habit, and he thought, Oh, what a pity. I could have slept all these nights, instead of sitting here and longing myself silly. And the wolves came ever nearer. At that very moment, a clear bugle call resounded through the wood. It was a blaring brass blast that shook lots of snow from the trees and made the yellow eyes blink. Within a second, the danger was past, and Soryu was alone again beside his woolen cap. On his large snowshoes, the Hemulan came shuffling up the hill. "'Sitting here, are you, little doggy?' said the Hemulan. "'Have you waited for long for me?' "'No,' said Soryu, truthfully. "'Why, there'll be a fine crust on the snow tonight,' said the Hemulan happily. "'And when we're up on the lonely mountains, we'll share a nice warm milk. I have some in my thermos.' The Hemulan shuffled on without looking over his shoulder, but Soryu padded on after him. It seemed much the best thing for him to do. Ah, and that's the end of chapter five. Oh my god. That was a long chapter. I didn't realize how long it was. Or how hot it was in the shed. Um, so yeah, by now I've totally realized that I'm going to need to split this chapter into two parts. So you would have heard this at the end of the next Pokemon Nuzlocke. Not the one with Team Rocket Tower or whatever. Silphico. And I'm going to go... I'm going to go into my house and have a really late lunch. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode, or this half chapter of the Daniel K's Let's Read segment. And tune in next time I read some of the next chapter as well. Bye everyone. See you later. The diver is my love. And I Who takes one breath above for every hour below?